Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Thanksgiving's coming up. Make sure you're fully stocked. In fact, you know what? Tomorrow's going to be a nice day. Today's beautiful. I mean, you can't get any nice in November. Do you get nicer than this? This is gorgeous out today. Tomorrow's going to be pretty good, too. Right, but then Sunday, it's going to get a little dicey, so you want to stock up now, you know, before Thanksgiving, you want to stock up, start thinking about Brewers Outlet gift cards with the holidays coming up. Yeah. And they also have wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And not only that, they also have six great flavors of slushies. Matt's going to have one for the Danville Y missing game tomorrow. Well, yeah, on the car ride down. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Indeed. And they have great sales staff, great service departments. Great time to buy. Holidays. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Our play-by-play call of the day. And this will be the final play. Brandon going to go to the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Tulsa. J.C. Santana. Pratt going to throw. Pratt pressured. It is picked off by Saban Collins. And the player we debuted at the beginning of the game is going to end it for Tulsa in double overtime. Yeah, we always talk about that in overtime. You know, if, if the game's tied, of course, that you can return it for a touchdown and win it. Now, obviously, you're the team in front. You're going to catch it and go straight down. But um, to the to the turf, but yeah, it's uh, that was a dramatic win for Tulsa last night because they really were just like jogging in mud. They were down fourteen nothing at the end of the third quarter to Tulane. Big win. They're now five and one. So we played that commercial on Ink. What kind of printer do you have, Matt? Do you have a home printer? I do. Uh, it's uh, HP. All right, so you're having no issues, right? Getting ink. Not getting ink, no. I have a Canon. 
All right, and I've used this. I've used this for a few years, and I like it. It does a good job. And you know, I just print charts, you know, charts or stats or things like that. Nothing exotic, for goodness sakes. All right, and they, for two months, there's been an ink shortage because I, I take like the two forty three, forty four, forty five, forty six cartridges. Right, pretty standard in these things. So I went to, I went over to one of the box stores and they were able to order it and I got a, a new set of ink on Monday great but just for the heck of it I checked to see if anything else came in nowhere nowhere and I know all you people are worried about toilet paper but hey come on I need ink <laughs> I'm printing charts what's going on <laughs> wow all right I'm sure some of you have experienced the same thing. All right, Ross Dellinger with SI.com joins us. Ross, welcome. Great to have you with us on the program. Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let, uh, let's get your take on, on Penn State, which obviously has been uh, – I mean, look, I sit there and I, I broadcast the games. I've been surprised, obviously. What has been your thought looking from the outside in? Surprised as well, yeah. I don't know if anybody expected, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Big Ten's is upside down uh, this year. Uh, kind of like everything else in the world, it it, uh, it seems like because of uh, COVID-19. But uh, the Big Ten is especially uh, feels upside down and, and turned about. Uh, you have Indiana at 4-0 and Penn State at 0-4. So uh, yeah, I'm, I've been I've been fairly fairly shocked. Uh, it's uh, I know that. Obviously, the Nittany Lions had departures from last year and some uh, not ideal opt-outs and stuff like that. But um, still, really, really surprised. And um, obviously, they they played in a couple close games and, and maybe could or should have won them. Uh, obviously, the big one was Indiana, but uh, still, uh, really surprised that uh, they sit here without a without a win. Well, you brought up Indiana, so let's bring them up. They're going to face Ohio State this week in Columbus. They were a decided underdog in the game. But what kind of story has Indiana been for college football this season? Well, I think any time um, you have a program that has not won or doesn't have the the uh, winning uh, history and tradition of, of others and is often an underdog, I mean, we all like to root – for the underdog, and, and I think this is a so anytime you have an underdog playing really well, uh, this is a great example of that. It's exciting. Uh, it's exciting for football, and it provides um, uh, just some uh, some new, different angles uh, for for us writers, and, and that's what uh, that's what Indiana has done. Um, I'm not sure how <laughs> how long it will last as we sit here. I'm looking at my hotel room window at the uh, at the Horseshoe, where the game tomorrow will be played, and so I'm in Columbus. And that uh, I don't, I don't really expect the, the, the Indiana winning to continue. Um, but then again, uh, who knows? It's 2020, and and uh, I'm not making uh, too many predictions this year. <laughs> uh, no, nobody's making any predictions this year. As uh, you're sitting there, sitting in a hotel room that's probably right around the Lane Avenue area. All right, so um, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's been an interesting story. You you uh, put a lot into, you know, where they are right now and what Brian Kelly has built there. 
What impresses you about Notre Dame and how they go about their business with this team? Well, I, you know, Notre Dame um, seems to, to to be have proven, you know, right now in in college football, we we certainly have a um, a trend that continues to rise, and that is explosive offenses and you know scoring 40 50 points to win yes um, Notre Dame doesn't have to do that uh, you know I know because of overtime they did that against Clemson but they they seem to play a little different style right they they, they play really well defense they have a uh, like three-headed monster um, running rushing attack and they have a solid quarterback but certainly not one that's putting up prolific numbers so again just like indiana when you have something that's a little different uh it's it's kind of fun um in in notre dame is different they're they're not they're not the ohio state they're not the alabama they're not the florida that are that are putting up you know 40 50 60 points a game and in winning um offensively uh, notre dame seemed mean notre dame won a game this year i think it was like what like 12 to 9 or yeah. 12 to 10 whatever that, right. that game was against uh, louisville so yeah. it, it is fun to have a team like that i don't know how long that they can continue um to win like that i don't know if that's something that can work for them in the playoff it would be fun if it could uh, and i have a feeling it's not going to be uh so that's kind of the real unanswered question, I guess. Uh, but you asked about Brian Kelly. I, I spent some time with him yeah. just a couple of days ago while in South Bend on this trip. That's, and, that's uh, why I brought it yeah, up. Yeah. Right. Wrote, wrote about him a little bit. And, and uh, you know, he needs six wins to be the all-time leader in victories at Notre Dame, which, which is really incredible. Um, but he's still lacking that one thing, you know, and that's the national championship. And, um, there's a uh, history at Notre Dame. Five coaches have won a national title. They all have the bronze statues outside of Notre Dame Stadium. I, I took the loop around there earlier this week. And, <laughs> you know, Brian, in order for Brian Kelly to get one of those statues, probably he's got to win a title. And though he says that uh, he came to Notre Dame just to make them relevant again, which clearly they are, uh, you know deep down he, he wants to win that national championship. Back my uh, broadcast partner in Penn State football, Jack Ham. He and I were talking about Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago. They remind me a lot of the uh, baseline tennis player that just keeps hitting it back, hitting it back, hitting it back, and then after after the rally goes for a while, you try to do something and you make a mistake. That's that's how the two of us talked about Notre Dame football, which is for them is a smart way to play. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a great analogy. Um, they they wait for you to kind of make a mistake. They're yeah. they're a team that doesn't make um, a lot of them, and uh, they secure the ball fairly well. And uh, kind of a sure-handed team that just doesn't make a, a ton of mistakes, and they wait for you to make them. And, and many many teams have made them this year. Even the the number one team in the nation that's right. them. So it's uh, yeah, it, it that is a yeah that is a great way to put it when they. When they come against a team, though, that uh, doesn't make uh, the mistakes, is is when they'll they'll probably lose a game. And I don't know, you know, maybe that happens this year. Maybe it doesn't. They have certainly a, a road that is not necessarily easy to go. They'll they'll play at North Carolina, which I plan to be at that game and cover it next weekend in Chapel Hill, and uh, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be an interesting one because um, you know North Carolina has been a roller coaster this year, but they I think they can certainly hang with Notre Dame and, and certainly make it a tight game. And, of course, they'll have to go through Clemson again, potentially, in the ACC championship game. 
Ross, who's the most impressive team you've seen in person? It may have been just a one-day snapshot, but who's the most impressive you've seen in person when you looked at them and go, whoa? Well, I covered Georgia, Alabama, so uh, Alabama would be uh, yeah. Alabama would be far and away the best team I've seen in person, um, and uh, they just I think what you mentioned there about how Notre Dame plays and how they don't make mistakes, they wait for you to make mistakes. Well, I, in a way, Alabama has that characteristic and mm-hmm. always does with Nick Saban teams because. Uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes. However, Alabama has that explosive offense to go with right. that mentality. And what we saw in the Georgia-Alabama game is that Alabama waited uh, for Georgia to make a mistake. Yeah, they, they, it was going back. The game was going back and forth and back and forth. And Georgia made a mistake. And that's all it takes against Alabama. They turned a four-point deficit into a ten-point lead within like. 70 yeah. seconds and uh so yeah they're 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 just so explosive and they're sound enough uh on defense it's it's yeah they're, they're by far the best thing i've seen all right so that brings me to the next part because that was stetson bennett at quarterback who began the year technically as the fourth string quarterback at at georgia and mac jones so mac jones is somebody that we saw step in last year when Tua went went down what have you seen in the progression of Mac Jones that allows them to be really solid at that spot where now people are considering him a Heisman candidate? Yeah, when I'm when I covered that George Alabama game, I was asking some people um, there on that uh, Bama staff, like, "Wow, did you you know did you after the game we were talking? Did you expect this? I mean, this kid is um, not just been like steady, consistent um, Alabama quarterback, the typical ones that we that." You know, uh, took snaps under Saban before Tua right. came into the picture. Um, he's been just as prolific as Tua, uh, and they said, "Look, you know, he he he's kind of bided his time." And the big thing with Mac is um, he knows the offense because he's been there for so long, and he sees the field really, really well. Um, sees the field just as as well as any other quarterback I think that's come through there so it's you know we we, we talk all the time about a quarterback's uh skills and, and talent and gifts and stuff like that but um what sometimes is, is overlooked a little bit is the quarterback mentally seeing the field um mm-hmm. knowing what to expect and man it looks like Mac Jones does that just really really well see that's what we refer to I refer to as, as the chess pieces like Brady sees all 21 chess pieces all right, that, that, so let's go with the highest level of all. In college, I mean, to me, that's a big thing. If, if a if a player like say Mac Jones knows where sixteen of the chess pieces are, that's pretty darn good. Be, you know, that that's the kind of vision I think you're hoping for out of your college quarterback. Absolutely, yeah. In uh, that Bama staff member I was uh, talking to said, "There's you know, there's there's uh, something else that and you hear it. It's kind of a cliche." Um, oh, you know, the quarterback has to know what everybody's doing right. offensively and everybody's job and yeah. um, on every single play. And you know, that's not an easy thing to do. And this person mentioned um, uh, that Mac Jones knows every single play and yeah. what every single person has to do on that play and where they'll be and when they'll be there. So it's 
makes a lot of sense. How interested are you tomorrow in, in watching the progression of Justin Fields, at quarterback? I've already had the in-person experience. It was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he is pretty good. How interested are you to see Justin Fields now compared to the Justin Fields you saw last year? Yeah, I haven't. I've never seen him in person. In oh, fact, okay. uh, oh. I've, uh, I'm thinking about it now. I don't know that I've ever seen an Ohio State football team in person, uh, which wow. is crazy, but it's just kind of the way it's worked out. So this will be my first glimpse of them and end of him. And, and I mean, watching him on TV, uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, there's kind of an argument going on around Ohio State. Uh, I know fans that is he is he the best quarterback that's ever come through Columbus, which is crazy to think about. But, man, if you watch him, he uh, his his accuracy, you know, we all know about his running threat and his talents when it comes to his athleticism, but his accuracy has been just unbelievable. Um, his timing has just been incredible. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, I can tell you seeing Troy Smith in person, he's better than he is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I can yeah. t- I can tell you he's better than Rex Kern. All right, so uh, <laughs> with all due respect, Rex, <laughs> I've got a great story about that, but I'll leave it for later in the show. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, in Clemson. I mean, they're, they're all sitting there. But let's go just outside for a moment. Obviously, you're always going to get the argument from somebody about a group of five team and the college football playoff. And in fact, I was talking to Greg McElroy about this on on Wednesday, and you know, because they talk about it in his show all the time. How? What are the odds, in your opinion, Ross, of of, of any group, power, group of five team breaking through as long as there's just four teams there? Very, very low. I, you know, we're we're uh, in, and it's and that's a. Uh, I know a lot of college football fans of of, of power five teams don't want to don't want to hear that you know they they want to they they don't want uh, a group of five team involved you, you hear it a lot uh but every team playing fbs football should have a chance at playing for a national championship think about it i mean uh the boise states and the cincinnati's and they begin a season knowing pretty much they are not no matter what happens and what they do they're not going to be able to compete for a championship and that that stinks and it needs to change, and we, we need to expand the playoff, and um, we need to be able to allow one of those teams in, even if it's like an eight seed or a six seed. They need a they need a chance. No no team should start the season knowing that we're not. No matter what happens, we're not going to be able to compete for a championship. Um, so I think it's very low, and it, it, it's probably a little higher than normal this year, just given the COVID issues and <laughs> um, all the underdog wins we're seeing. Just a lack of undefeated. You know, power five programs so far, um, so it's a little higher than normal. But I, I still, think, I still think it's like you know less than ten percent. Um, when in a normal year, it might be less than three percent. Uh, so uh, you know, I um, it, it's unfortunate. I know that um, BYU and Cincinnati, the yes. two probably best candidates now because of a rearrangement and some schedules in the AAC, have an open date now, December fifth, so they conceivably yeah. could play. I don't know how that would help each one of them though they really need to play a power five team and absolutely i think it's possible to play maybe a pac-12 team and that would be great to see but um you know obviously we heard no specific news on that but that would be that would be cool if that does happen and what happens then you know if byu over cincinnati uh beats an oregon um or a usc right. or something uh what uh, you've got to think 
that 10% that I just mentioned would, would go up to maybe 40 or 50%. And the Pac-12, by the way, opened that door. So just so people yeah. know, I mean, that door is open if something <clears throat> occurs and there's an open date for somebody, they could do it. Ross, an absolute pleasure. I mean, I, I'm not sure. You, have you been to Beaver Stadium? I have. I was okay. at the uh, whiteout last year. Last year. Okay, uh, great. Yep, I sure was. So the reason I say that is I'm sorry you won't get to see the full experience at Ohio State tomorrow. Like, at least you experienced yeah. everything here at Penn State with, with what it's like with the white whiteout, the emotion, everything that goes with it, uh, You know that, that kind of thunderous feeling. And at some point when you go back to Ohio State, I hope you get the full experience. Well, I hope to, too. Uh, yeah, I'll miss uh, the dotting of the I, which yeah. I was looking forward to. Yeah. Hey, Ross, absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, no problem. Ross Dellinger, SI.com. i got to slip in that the Rex Kern story. Okay. Very quickly. Rex Kern is in a college all-star game. I think it's – I want to say it's the Hula Bowl. And the other two quarterbacks are Jim Plunkett – and Joe Theismann. So John Ralston, I believe, was the coach. And Joe was the assistant coach, offensive coordinator. So Ralston says, uh, we got Plunkett, we got Theismann. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe it may have been Plunkett and Archie Manning or Plunkett and Theismann wanted to, but Plunkett was one of them. And Plunkett had an incredible arm. Uh, so he's, he's, he said, Joe, you need to go talk to Rex Kern. And so Joe goes and talks to Rex Curran. He says, uh, we got uh, we got Jim Plunkett and we got Archie Manning. I guess it was Archie Manning. So we had Jim Plunkett and Archie Manning. Have you thought about defensive back? <laughs> Which, by the way, Rex Kern in the NFL ended up playing defensive back for the Colts. <laughs> but that was one of those, uh, Rex. And Rex looked at him and was like, yeah, I've been watching practice. I didn't think I was going to play much. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones today's show brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket imports domestics microbrews best selection of beer anywhere wine coolers water soft drink snacks they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. Thanksgiving coming up. Stock up at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, also the home to six great flavors of slushies. And believe me, on a day like today, slushies would be great. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The um, 
Very quickly, I think you've seen the story that Pitt and Virginia Tech will have to wear masks tomorrow at the game that they're playing at Heinz Field. Evidently, though, Penn State and Iowa evidently don't have to because of the daily antigen testing, because of the protocols that they have in place. Uh, They say the governor's new orders include limited exceptions for competition to be played without face coverings in the context of rigorous and stringent university and Big Ten testing health and safety protocols. All other game day personnel have been required to wear masks and will continue to enforce that guideline at our events. Uh, You would guess that the Steelers and the Eagles would fall into that category, too, because of the testing regiment in the NFL. And actually, that is a definite now. Um, Just got tweeted out a little while ago, the Steelers are good to go. Yeah, uh, the the Eagles are playing at Cleveland, right? Yeah, so they're not they're yeah. they're on so until next it, Monday it, night, it, right? Okay. So I mean, that's the story there. I do not know what the testing regiment is in the ACC. I don't know if it's daily. I don't know if it's three times a week. I don't know. So, uh, but obviously, it can't. It's it evidently cannot be to the level of the Big Ten because because of what Penn State said about university and Big Ten testing and health and safety protocols. So that's the story there. I don't, I don't know. It's it, We're all trying to get used to whatever is new and in play here because it's, it's it feels like it's a week-by-week week thing. So you just have to adapt and and adjust. Like I said, you know, you're glad they're playing, but you have to, you know, that's what we have to do, adapt, adjust, do the best we can. All right, with that, the ever-adaptable, always-adjusting, the king. What up? <laughs> oh, well, you got virus there or something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's all I mean, good here. I would tell a map before that my wife's granddaughter tested positive. Okay. She's a UConn student. The UConn campus is closed. The whole campus is on quarantine. So they went from nothing to big time trouble, like uh, overnight. So you know, it's it's interesting here on campus here. The there was an initial when the students first got back to yep. be expected, but then, crazy as it seems, it calmed down here. Yeah, and, which is a great thing. It's a great thing. It calmed down here now. We're heading in. The, today's the day. And I went over to Duncan this morning to get a cup of coffee after I was done working on the yard. And man, the line was so long because this is the last day the students were here. We're going. We're doing everything virtual the rest of the way because next week's fall break. Thanksgiving is right. fall break, so they're off the entire week anyway. So the idea was okay, send them home. Do the last couple of weeks virtual, finals virtual, and then come back on January the 19th or something like that to start the, quote, spring semester. Uh, then they'll make a decision as to whether they're coming back at that point or not. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, all heck going to break loose on. <laughs> so, well, we'll see. I mean, in other words, they may, they may say virtual. They've already eliminated spring break. So that's been eliminated. Uh, now, to get to this point, I was thinking about this today. I guess the last three-day weekend I had was Memorial Day, <laughs> which is the only three-day weekend I've had this year, <laughs> ironically. 
uh, because Fourth of July was on on a weekend. What about Labor Day? See, we had to teach on Labor Day because they were trying to close the gap on on teaching uh, at the university, so we had to teach Labor Day. Wow! How many classes yeah. do you have to teach? No, I just have to teach one. You know, but I, yeah. you know, I still had to get. I just still had to go in, do it. Whatever, it's fine. Well, I mean, yeah, it, still got to go to work. Yeah. Well, what I did was I set up the next project for them. That's what we did. By the way, I've got a, a week from Saturday, a week from Monday. Since we're going Zoom, I want to have guest speakers on Zoom. So Mark Zoomoff has committed, the voice of the Sixers. Oh, sweet. He is he is uh, committed to uh, talking to my class on that Monday. Awesome. I'm so happy that you guys were able to hook up with that. Oh, no, he was great. You know, I worked it out. Uh, so, yeah, half hour. He'll be great with them. And they'll, here's the key. They'll get so much out of it talking with him. I mean, he, I mean, he is an yes, expert. Because, I mean, he, I mean, he does not, not just announcing for a living, but teaching announcing for a living. So they'll get a lot out of it. And He's I'm super. a beneficiary of that. Yeah, I know. So that, that, yeah, that will be great. Good for them. Then I'm going to get, I'm going to Dick Girardi and Jack Ham on the next one. Have them talk to them. You know, also take advantage of uh, some things. Take advantage of friends. <laughs> Paying them a lot, huh? uh, yeah, they get the usual rate. <laughs> they get what I get. Exact same rate. You'd, you'd be amazed. Wow. <laughs> you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed how how similar the guest rate happens to be. <laughs> yep, so they're driving an 18-year-old truck, too, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, might not be. Although, you know what, Girardi, Girardi, you know, now he has a new vehicle now. But he, had, I think he had over 300000 on his last vehicle. Hey, why not? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the no, way I look it, at it. You see what a new it, truck costs? They're like fifty grand. It's a freaking pickup truck. You know, why you want to throw stuff in it? You don't dare throw anything in it. <laughs> very, very gentle. I think I'll lay oh, it my, in here. It's a fifty thousand dollar truck. My brother-in-law's got the Super Duty Ford three fifty with an eight foot bed, and it's got the big tow thing in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the bed. Now yeah. he bought it used for fifty eight grand. Brand new, it's ninety three thousand dollars. I'm like, Oh my wow. god. Yeah. Yeah. He said, You're What not... a buy I got. I'm looking at him like he's an idiot. What <laughs> what are you gonna haul with that? You got hey, a crappy not... little trailer and a crappy little Kubota. That's hey, it. guess what? I guess can haul what? it with you... my Chevy Silverado. You are not throwing things into the back of that one. Today, toss it in. No, no, gently lay it in there. Well, you can't. It's too high. Gentle. You can't even Gentle. get in it. He's got a stairs to get in it. Like, well, dude, you know, wants and I mean, needs, you know. It it so. takes longer for us to load the truck because we need to be gentle. All right. We'll come back. We'll come back with our picks of the week in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Brewers Outlet.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Pick em time, brother. Yeah, we're going to switch it up and go with uh, college first this time. So here we go. Oh, by the way, I have to give last week's pick. So, you know, King, your strategy almost worked, I have to admit, because Steve and I didn't do very good with our NFL picks last week. You went 4-4 four and four uh, total. I in there, but I failed in the end. Yeah, you were 4-4 four and four total. <laughs> yeah. Steve and I were 5-3. and three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Good try, uh, though. Four and four. Oh. So there we go. So now I'm the lead dog at 46 and 27. Steve is at 43 and 30, and you, King, are 37 and 36. Well, above 500, baby. That's right. All right. That's so where you want to be. <laughs> All right. App State at number 15, Coastal Carolina, King. Uh, Coastal Carolina is really good, but they have not beaten App State in years. Uh, it's If I'm going to go for an upset, I'm going to go for App State. All right, Steve. Coastal Carolina is better than Kansas. They are not better than Appalachian State. App State. Well, I'm going on an island. I'm impressed with Coastal Carolina, so I think they get it done. That's a good pick. So I go Coastal. All right, Big 12, Battle of Oklahoma. Number 14, OSU against number 18, OU. Steve. Mike Gundy is, what, 2 and, what, 12 against Oklahoma? <laughs> Make yeah. it 2 and 13. I agree. I got OU, too. King? Me, too. Clean sweep. All right, Big Ten action now. Number 10, Wisconsin. And number 19, Northwestern. King. Wisconsin. All right, Steve. Uh, Let me preface by saying I love the way Northwestern plays defense. Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, that is a really good good defensive football team. But I just think Wisconsin has just too much, especially with Mertz at quarterback. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree. Close defensive battle. Wisconsin's got a little more offensively for somebody to make a play late, so I'll take the Badgers at a close one. I I love the way Pat Fitzgerald's team plays defense. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Home field advantage. Yeah. Quote. 
Yeah, yeah, I could. Uh, I've been into some of those home field advantages. You can't. You don't really feel it right now. I love the boo button. <laughs> well, that, that's all. That's exclusive to Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And it will be for the rest of the year, probably. But anyway. Oh, yeah. And the problem is you're the one pushing the button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get to the NFL, one more. The biggest game of the week. Ohio State. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't even know what game it is. I'm guessing it's them. I'm telling you they're going to win this team by three. Beat this by three touchdowns. That would be against Indiana. Uh, King, are you agree or are you going Indiana here? Well, that's a spread, 21 points. Um, <laughs> They'll beat that. Uh, yeah, Indiana's really good. I, I, that's fine. I don't know They're not going to win this Ohio game. State is. I don't know. Well, I do. <laughs> I'm going to have really to. Good. I, I can't. Ohio State's going to win the game. i got to take Ohio State. All right. I think it's a closer game maybe than what people think, but I still think and in the end Ohio State wins by two scores. <laughs> Ten, okay, five minutes to go in the first half. Text me. <laughs> all right. I'll do that. I won't read it, but that's all right. All right you know, what time is this game even? This is not the Text game. me. I'll read it. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, the problem is I, mean, I don't I – don't, I don't, I don't look at my phone during the game, so. Is this in the afternoon? I thought this was a night game. Well, you may as well. Uh, and you all got to win this week. It's getting yeah, I know. tough. Yeah, I know. Oh. I got uh, Believe me. <laughs> I'm, sitting right here in the th- I'm sitting here in the thick of it. I'm, I'm thinking I'm feeling the same way. Uh, Ohio State, Indiana is what time? I don't know. Is it 730? Uh, is it the primetime game? I thought it was. I'll have to look that up. I mean, there's nothing like night football in Columbus before Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> if this is in the afternoon, then I'm not going to be able to text you either because I will be a little occupied myself. Oh, I'll be raking leaves. <laughs> I already did that today. I took advantage today. Uh, I've been doing it for friggin' eight weeks. I live in a forest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, NFL now. Tennessee at Baltimore. Rematch from last year. Ravens got revenge on their minds. Do they get it, Steve? Um, sure, why not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, the game between uh, Indiana and Ohio State's on Fox at noon tomorrow. Okay, I won't see it then. I can't text no. you. That's big new. That's that'll be big noon kickoff. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's the night game. Okay. There we go. All right, King. Who do you got here? Tennessee and Baltimore. Uh, I got Baltimore. Tennessee's kind of falling off the map here in the last yeah. four weeks. They lost three out of four. Baltimore's yeah. not the team we thought they were, but they're still better than Tennessee. And you know what? Because of that, with Lamar Jackson. I'm sticking with Tennessee. Defense makes a play on him and shuts him down a little bit, and they do not get revenge. I'm sticking with the just so You're just so anti-running quarterback just because you don't have one. No, I don't want one is, is the thing. <laughs> just kidding. Right, that's, why you don't want t- yeah, that's why you don't want Taysom Hill starting. That's right. Who do you got, Steve? Uh, I pick Baltimore. All right, next game. Cincinnati at the Washington football team. King. Big game. 
I got Joe Burrow. Ooh, I think right, Washington's like in a lot of trouble, and I wish Alex Smith would retire. I, I don't want to see him break that leg again. Oh. Uh, this is what Cincinnati. I this is what I this is what I hope for with Alex Smith. I hope he signs to be somebody's backup quarterback. He'd be a great backup quarterback for some team. It's a, it's a wonderful story, but yeah. God, you don't even want to watch him play. Yeah, I, I get nervous yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking Cincinnati as well. Uh, Joe Burrow factor. Even though I know, I, even though I know Mixon's not playing. Oh, I'm sticking with Washington here. Playing pretty well. They are. Uh, Cincinnati's close. You know? Yeah, no, Cincinnati is close. They're play- I think they're playing yeah. very well. I think they've hung in there, and he gives them a fighting chance. Burrow does Absolutely. in every game. Now, not having Mixon Sunday will hurt, but I think they'll win. I think because of that and the way Washington's pass rush has been, and I like the way Alex Smith has played somewhat, so I'm oh, going to stick with Washington look, here. Not even the boss is oh, picking them. Pick. Not even the boss is going to pick them. He's uh, down on them. I don't know. I, I just saw what the Steelers did to them last week, and Washington's got a good front, so I think that's going to be a big difference in the game. So I'm going to stick with Washington. But, hey, I hope you're both wrong. I'd like to see them lose again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Detroit at Carolina. Steve. Can you pick a tie? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with uh, old friend Matt Rule. If you're going to grow up and stay college, you might as well win games like this. I agree. I got Carolina outright. They are playing pretty good football right now. King. If they had the running back... Which they don't. McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. The running game's pretty pitiful without him. That's yeah. Out his name. What's his name? Oh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey, yeah. Um, I, I would, I'm torn. Um, I need to catch up. So I took Carolina, but I'm going to change it to Detroit. Okay. Matthew Stafford. It's a toss-up. So, it is. Yep. It is. If McCaffrey was playing, no doubt. So, yeah. And the last one, Monday Night Football this week, another pretty good one. Rams at Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. King. <laughs> Tom Brady, I mean Tampa Bay. <laughs> Steve. Let's see. Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Tom Brady. Uh, let's see. Wow. So many different scenarios running through my head. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Goff's playing well. I, I got Tampa as well. Oh, no, Goff is actually playing well. He actually is. Rams defense is very good, too. This will be a, this will be gonna be a low-scoring close game, too, I think. Yeah. Tampa wins. Oh, who'd you take, Matt? I got Tampa. Took the Bucks. Actually, that's a good Monday night game. I mean, yeah, the Monday night, the Monday night guys have to be ecstatic about getting a game like that. They're doing, they're doing fairly decent this year. Monday With and games, Thursday for the most, yeah, for the most part. Thursday, last night's game was a really good one. Arizona, Seattle. Uh, that was, it was a good game too. Okay, can I make one change? Sure, sure. I'm doing my math. I'm going Oak State. Ooh, okay. 
know, it's weird. And Oklahoma's favored to win. But Oklahoma State's ranked 14th ahead of them. So who ranks them? Yeah, yeah head-to-head, they rank Oklahoma State ahead. So but that's my take a chance. Matt, if you're right and I'm wrong on all these, <laughs> could be so far behind. It's not even going to be funny. But it makes it fun. Do you want to get to the point where you're so far behind you think you're first? I don't know how that's good or not. Well, you got <laughs> to be proud of it, you know? It's okay. It's still being first place in the <laughs> NFC least right now, so at least go with that. Oh, yeah, you got more wins than everybody in the NFC East combined, Kev. <laughs> hey, the Giants are playing for first place next week. Got huh? that right. Here come that? the Giants. <laughs>